Hey there, Parker X listeners. This is Brett Wood coming at you with another blast from the past episode we recorded back in March of 2020 at the Mid-South Transportation and Parking Conference. This conversation is with Brett Munkel, Vice President for Healthcare and University Services at SP+. In this chat, we talk about how he got started in the parking world, the work he's doing at SP+, and on university campuses in particular, the evolving parking and mobility spectrum on university campuses, how SP Plus is managing event parking and traffic demand and congestion with data-driven practices, the importance of context-sensitive planning and design on university transportation systems, and the overall trends we're seeing in campus growth and population. Hope you enjoy. This is uh, Brett Wood with Parker X, and today I'm sitting with Brett Munkel of SP Plus. We got a real Brett Palooza going on here, so welcome, Brett. Thank you, sir. Um, so, uh, Brett, we're glad to have you on the podcast today, and uh, it's going to be a little weird saying your name every time, but right. we'll, we'll, we'll get used to it. Um, so, I'd, I'd love to start off with just uh, you know your origin story. How how did you fall backwards into parking uh, and get into this fun industry? Sure. Yeah, we we all have one of those. Um, so it, it actually starts at church. I was a uh, Sunday school teacher with my wife, and a gentleman, Victor Irahita, was an assistant. Uh, and, and we had, I think, four-year-olds at the time. And, and Victor would always sit in the corner and build these towers with the kids. After about six months of doing that, and we, the wife and I, we, we led the class. Uh, after about six months of doing that, Victor and I started talking, and it turns out he worked at Walker Parking Consultants at okay. the time. Um, and I was working at a, a small engineering firm, civil engineering firm, Edwards and Neff Engineering, doing due diligence studies. And uh, through conversation, uh, I thought I was pursuing business for the, the civil engineering <laughs> company, and he was, he was in fact, in, in interviewing me. That's, so, that's hilarious, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was my introduction to parking, and then uh, just through through that, got to the operational side and, and at SP Plus now, and it's, it's, it's been a good ride. So, so okay, so... Civil engineering degree? No, business management, administration. Business management. Yeah, okay. so it's uh, I, I was doing site due diligence studies. We did a lot of work with Ruby Tuesday restaurants for for whatever reason, and and I traveled throughout the southeast and I put together big binders about what you could put here and all the rules and regulations and zoning and uh, but parking was a piece of it. So uh, that's that's how I got introduced into the industry. Fair enough. Okay. And, and uh, University of Georgia, right? Yes, sir. All right. Yes, so sir. So University of Alabama. Notes. Roll Tide. There you, yeah. <laughs> Back and forth. I need the, yeah. need the pen. That's right. Um, so, okay. So you, you, you went from, you know, the engineering firm to mm -hmm. Walker Parking? Correct. Okay. To, to Walker Parking Consultants. I was there for uh, three and a half years or so, and it was right during the downturn in the industry. So there was a series of layoffs, and I, I was... 
uh, one of those series, and, and it, it ended up being a very good time. Um, we have three kids at home, and, and one our, our oldest was going through some health challenges, so it, it, it worked out very well because we were able to really dedicate our time uh, to Braxton, and, and we, we lived at the hospital for a number of months. Um, and through that process, while we were there, uh, standard parking at the time was soliciting for someone to do business development in the Atlanta area. Uh, and so the timing worked out perfectly. I was onboarded. I worked for uh, Jason Spath for a number of years oh, yeah. in Atlanta. Great guy. Um, and then transitioned to focus solely on higher education. And I, I worked with Romy Valera for a number of years. Uh, just, I, I, had, I was very fortunate to work with the people I have in the industry. And I, I, relationships are everything. They are. And, and now I'm uh, working with Don Jordan. Uh, at SP Plus, so it's been a good a good ride. I've had great mentors and great leaders uh, to work with. Not yet, and, and I would say the, the the move and even the downturn is fortuitous. I mean, because you're killing it over at SP oh, Plus well, now. So, not. <laughs> Thank um, you. So I mean, you're 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 largely in the university sector. Um, just kind of like for 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 your mom, describe like what it is you do. <laughs> That's a good question. So generally speaking, I, I'm a resource for anything higher education for the company. And so that, that transcends any specific as aspect of it. Um, within the group that I'm a part of, we have events, we have large venue, we have consulting. So higher education, is, is it, it, it touches many of those things. A lot of the work we do, and we've been fortunate to, to work together on some consulting projects, looking at how some operations are run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we, we've uh, ridden a few different roads. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it's looking at, at how the operation might be able to be run better, or, or events are a huge thing on, on campuses, especially big football campuses, Alabama or Georgia, you name it. And so we, we as an operator, have the resources to come in and and say, do this, here's a different way to, to, to operate, looking at ingress, egress, or offer operational resources. So it's, it's I always say, I bring an a la carte menu to the table. And, and it's, I, I have a national purview. I have a counterpart uh, who will be joining here later this month, uh, focus more on the western half of the US. Uh, my, my focus is primarily on the east, but I, I was in California two weeks ago, and, and so it's all over the place right now. That's good news. That's probably going to make your life easier. Just half the country, right? I, so, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't so, wait. Uh, well, and it, what, the thing that fascinates me about the university group at SP Plus is, and you, you kind of touched on this, but it's, it's, not, it's not just one thing. Like, right. You can provide the entire suite of services, whether that's outsourced or whether that's mentoring, you know, consulting, whatever mm -hmm. it may be, game planning, whatever it may be, for transit for parking for operations for events i mean like it, it's fascinating how much y'all bring to the table right yeah and, and i i think the there's there's big players in the industry and there's a lot of consolidation going on and and there's pros and cons to any large company i, I think we're very fortunate in in our group specifically and and, and really as a company overall there's a, a high degree of uh it's dynamic. We, we're able to pivot and, and make decisions quickly and pursue, you know, whether it's technologies or solutions, really without, uh, we, we're given a lot of discretion and free reign to, to, to do things as we see fit within the structure that we're given. So it's, a, a lot of the regions operate this way as well. They're very entrepreneurial and, and our division is very much the same. Well, that's good. That's very good. Yeah. So, yeah. so you've been doing this university thing for how long now? Oh goodness, I want to say eight or nine years. Okay, 
Yeah. So I, I've, I've been working in the university world for, for about that long. I, I yeah. cut my teeth in consulting on, started with development, mm. worked my way into cities, and then uh, have found the magical world of universities over the last decade or so. And, right. and, and they're fascinating because they're just, you know, they're, they're one encompassing system that, that the university has complete control over. And so there's a lot of interesting things that you can do from a parking and transportation management perspective. And then, and then more uniquely, there's a lot of interesting things happening right. on university campuses. So in your eight years, I mean, like, how has the, how has the world of university parking and transportation evolved? I, I think you, you can relate it directly to how the industry is evolving and, and just the use of technology and the data that, that the, this huge pool of information allows decision, uh, decisions to be made incorporating or, or based on that information. And, and so I think we're really at a point of, of change within, within the industry and, and it, it translates directly to universities because I think oftentimes it's ironic that institutions of higher learning that have this research arms that are so cutting edge and so far out there, how often you go there and, and the, the parking and transportation, the systems, the access systems are rudimentary. Yeah. And, and it's not due to the leadership it, 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 at, at the parking and transportation level necessarily, but upper administration just doesn't appreciate the complexity and what's available and how to run it well and, and how to utilize the resources that they have. Oh yeah, that, and that, that that happens throughout our industry. I think I think parking tends to get overlooked as just being kind of like this weird thing we do in the corner. But right. there's a lot of there's a lot of technology. There's a lot of like process and thought that goes into it to make a system work really well. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's fascinating. The data side of it, I I wish I wish more universities would leverage you know that that concept. I mean I, I work at a lot of universities where their civil engineering department is part of one of the university transportation centers. And it just, sure. like, why are we not coming together, right? Right, um, right? You know, Auburn is an interesting example of that, where a few years back, Auburn, you know, took advantage of some students on campus mm. to create an application for them to do parking occupancy. Like mm. that. I think it's these folks that, that are on our lanyard huh. here. Park, yeah, yeah, right. And so I'm like, there, there's almost like this incubator on campus of really smart people that want to change the world. Mm -hmm. That are also cheap labor, right? Uh, right. So right. you know, I, I wish more universities took advantage of that. Um, the other thing I'm seeing a lot of is just the way, like the migration of students, mm -hmm. like how how they get around and the choices they make. Are are you seeing like in the eight years, like the just the difference in generational aspects of how students behave? Absolutely, and I think we can relate. You know, we, we're we're on so many campuses so often, and going back to our university experience, you know, I parked and I walked a long way. I got on a bus, and and so it was. The choices were limited, and that was fine. Yeah, I, I think the the number of choices that are being offered it's just growing exponentially. And you look at all the different ways to get around campus and the last mile and there's pros and cons. And I think that it's been a disservice to the industry that we haven't been able to say, stop, here's a good way to do it. This is the model, this is the path forward. And really it's, you see a lot of the negative press as well as the good press, but there's a million ways to do it wrong and only a few ways to do it right. So, um, it, it, it's just access to choice, and and if you build it well, the students will use it. If if you build it poorly, students will use it. But you'll hit, get a lot of complaints. Yeah. And I, I think on a campus, students are the easy part. They want they're they're very amenable to change. It's the faculty and staff and people who have been here. I've parked here for thirty years. I'm not going to move. Yeah. And you know I've paid this. I'm not going to pay more. And and 
they're they're really the, the roadblock more often than not more than the students in my experience. Well, stu- students are great. I mean, because they're they're like putty. Like you, right. you can shape them, and they'll 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 do what needs to be done to get to their classes and things like that. But they also graduate, and so the the freshmen. The freshman doesn't know that prices used to be half price, right? Exactly. You're right. The faculty staff, that's a whole different mon- monster altogether, right? right. And uh, pleasing them requires kind of a, a, a much more uh, deft mm-hmm. maneuver to get there. But but it's interesting because we're starting to see if you if you communicate well with them and you explain the why, right? they're more apt to get on board. Um, and we're starting to see where, you know, 10 years ago, students became more adaptable to change and would take shuttles and biked mm. more and, and walked more and whatever they were going to do faculty are beginning to get on board with that yeah. because they see the benefit of doing it um but it is tougher it is and, and i see a lot oftentimes the, the the more senior faculty they're they're looking towards the the story behind sustainability and how that that integrates with with mobility and, and changing the parking system and so they don't want to change but but pointing to sustainability as the rationale for it is more, uh, it offers more ammunition to them. It, it, it tells a better story that gets them to, to, to move a little bit. Um, that's, that's right, yeah. Um, one of the other things I'm seeing a lot at universities, and whether this is out of necessity or whether opportunity or whatever it may be, um, in the TDM world, you know, we call it daily decision, right? We want people to make a daily decision as opposed to buying a permit in, in July or August that carries them through to the next July or August. Right making them make a choice every day and we're doing work you know at arizona state where we're looking at that in arizona state you know you think of arizona it's mm. really hot right but not when school's in session so from october to may mm. it is it's it's like you know hawaii climate it's like the most perfect climate ever and so students and some faculty and staff are more amenable to walking biking skateboarding and so giving them the resources to do that. And one of the things they've moved to was this, this idea of, mm. you know, pay-as-you-go parking, which sure. is a fancier way of saying transient or right. visitor parking. Right. Are you seeing more universities move to that model? I'm seeing interest in it, but it's, it's a – well, the impression I have is that there's a fear there where it's a big change and it's, it's, it's a lot of moving parts. So anytime you're introducing complexity, there's that many more yeah. ways where it can fail. And, and so, uh, again, I, I think – that looking to to that university as an example, it's, it's one or two get it right, and others will be able to point to that, go out and take a look, and and I think it's it, it makes it very uh, desirable to be able to replicate that because the theory behind it is so sound. Make a daily decision. It, we don't want to offer a buffet, and and it, it tangibly affects demand. It does, and it's interesting because you know several different things happen with it. Uh, one of which is. Um, People buy a permit, mm-hmm. and then they park in the daily lot because it's closer <laughs> in, right? So you're double dipping. So there's right. more revenue. Right. Um, and we found it's interesting research. Like a, a permit space, like if a permit is 450 a year, a permit space on average brings in about 375 a year. Mm. So it doesn't bring in the full cost of the permit because right. it's a shared space. That same space as a transient space probably brings in thousands of dollars per mm-hmm. year so there's an opportunity to offset some of the costs associated with the program which sure. hope hopefully brings the permit price at least steady right not down but right. steady right um, but yeah, no, it's a big lift and uh, incremental approach to implementing it and then continuing to voice the successes of it mm-hmm. tends to, to make that um, more opportunistic on campuses yeah no and I, I think you're, you're dead on that so often what gets lost in 
the transition from from narrative to implement or from uh, path forward to, to in implementation is the story behind it, the narrative and the continual communication that this is why we're doing it. Yeah. This is how it's going to improve the system. And, you know, I, I think people in the parking realm, we, we gravitate towards towards one aspect of the industry, but we have so many hats to wear. And, and being a storyteller is is immensely powerful, and, and especially in a university setting where you have so many different stakeholders all looking for different aspects of the same thing. And, you know, to be able to convey what you're trying to do and why and how it's going to improve the life for the entirety is is really valuable. Yeah, it, it, it's surprising to me that something as simple as like an annual report or a yeah. quarterly email that just put some why behind the what right. goes a long way. Does, does SB plus, uh, have y'all, y'all put that into your suite of services of providing, you know, f uh, program marketing and education type stuff? Yeah, sure. We, we, we have, we have, uh, marketing arms. It's something that we're, we're continuing to evolve. It, it, it's, there's good ways to do it. And, and that's the kind of service that it, it needs to be continuing and ongoing and it can't be a one and done type thing. So I, I think that it's, it's, it's a service that you, you really have to customize it to the audience that you're looking at. And, and you know, downtown Chicago is going to be very different than rural Alabama. That's right. And, and so it, it's you have to speak to the audience. You have to change with the audience. And, and the annual reports are great because it gives you a true definition of where we have come from. Yeah. Because so often, and especially with students, they have a four-year window. And so they're not really cognizant of, of the change that's happening. But but the faculty and staff, they, they, they may be... Uh, more adverse to change throughout, but telling them, remember this is how it was, and remember that you did look for half an hour to find a space, and and you know it, it, it's you need to document that information. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. It uh, it makes a lot of sense to to just just over communicate um, because you know honestly people will pay will pay more. Hmm. They won't be happy about it, but right. they'll pay more if they know that what they're paying for is going back into improving their experience. Um, they won't pay a lot more, but yeah. they'll pay a little more. Yeah, well, and I'm a huge advocate for choice. And, yeah. and you know, in, in discussions, and we, we did some stakeholder meetings at a school up in New York a couple weeks ago, and it, it's people hate the system they have right now, but and, and they, they love the concept of choice, but but they know that there's it, things have to change to get to that point. Yeah. And so it's just ingraining the benefit to that decision and there's a path forward and, and your cheese has to move a little bit. It, it does. And sometimes just, just documenting and communicating the trade-offs, right? Like right. You, you may not like either outcome, but right. here you help choose the outcome. Yeah. A lot more university parking and transportation programs, just a transparency, an mm. outreach arm could go a long way. Um, so yesterday I, I said it on your presentation yesterday, we're here at the mid South, um, uh, parking and transportation, transportation parking conference. Um, and uh, in sunny Sandestin, Florida. <laughs> Most of the time. Most of the time. Um, so yesterday you talked a lot about event management. Sure. It, was, it was fascinating to see some of the components that went into that. Specifically, I, I was really captivated by kind of how y'all document hmm. data points to improve ongoing event management. Talk to me a little bit about your event management arm and what that looks like. Sure. Now, and, and I always, I always say events are the sexy side of parking. Yeah. Parking's this you know thing that people don't really pay attention to in conversation, but you say, Hey, we, we work at the Super Bowl. We do the football games at, at X, Y, or Z school. And, and that gets their attention. They want to hear more about it. And so, so the, the, the documentation of data, we use a lot of videos and, and we're always looking for ways to, to document what's happening on, on a campus, looking at an intersection at key junctions and, and identify how that can be improved. And, and so it's very similar to the consulting work that you do 
uh, on, a, on a campus day to day. And, and I approach class change or, or shift change at a hospital the same way as I'd approach a football game because it, it's, it's a huge push of people coming in, a huge push of people leaving, and the same underlying principles can be applied. And how do you use the, the roadways the, to the best of their capacity? How are you pushing people? Uh, everyone wants to come in from the south. How can I get even 5 or 10% to come in from the north? And, and it's little bits of change that, that overall cohesively make a big difference. Um, but data sets in the event world, it's, it's use of video. Uh, we're, we're finding a lot of other tools and, and I, use of, uh, what is it, BLE, uh, Bluetooth low emission, and, and there's identifiers that every cell phone's pushing out, whether or not you choose to do that. And, and that could be used as an identifier, not to, not to you as an individual, but as, as you, have, you, you moving out of a parking area, going down a road, you know, and it gives you transit times. And, and, and there's a lot of value to that data that can then help drive the decisions that need to be made down the road. Yeah, no, and, and it, it's terrifying on one hand to think about the fact that we're being tracked by our cell phones, but at the same it's, time, it's there. Yeah. At the same time, I mean, if you've ever opened up Google Maps and been, and been appreciative of it telling you if there's a traffic jam ahead, that, sure. that's because we're tracking with cell phones, right? right? Like we know, that, we know that all the cell phones slow down at the same time. Um, so there's a give and take there, but it was interesting. You talked about that, you know, the, the BLE yesterday and, and the ability to walk up to like the kiosks at mm -hmm. an event and it, it register that. It could be dynamic. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, you're at this event. This is information for you and, and tailoring, tailoring things. I mean, um, the event management is as much about moving people and mm -hmm. moving cars as it is about the experience. hundred percent. Right? Cause if the experience is poor, the event is probably not well received and, and may not happen again. Right. I mean, Super Bowl is going to happen again, but right. you want the experience to be stellar. Um, and it was interesting to me when I was watching the presentation and the videos yesterday, mm. it seemed to me that more of your event was about people movement than it was about car movement or sure. car parking. Sure. Yeah, and in the event side, we always say we we want to address the customer experience up until they're walking in the stadium, in the arena, the event, the venue, and that's that goes far beyond parking. Parking is a piece of it, but it's a personal experience, and getting people out of their cars, the pedestrian and vehicular conflicts, they, those are critical because it, it's you need to know where people are going, where they want to go, how best to communicate where they've been and 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 get them there, and, and you, you want to give them a. a uh, sense of comfort with the entire process. If you go into a large stadium for the first time, there's a lot that you don't know. There's a lot that you don't even know to ask. But just uh, making sure there's enough resources that are easily accessible and, and readily apparent for uh, the the customer to, to identify and then be able to seek out. That that's what we want to do. And and you know, and, and a lot of the institutions, you see it too, where well, they'll, they'll spend $10 million on this new facility and, and the entryway and then forget to add parking. And, and so it's constantly trying to convey that parking is a critical part of the experience. And it's, it's and we all know this within the industry, it's the first and last touch. And, yep. and so, you know, that piece of it, we, we just try to keep turning up the volume on. That's right. The best parking experience is the one that you don't remember. Precisely. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Just it's a, you want it to be a non-event. Yeah. All right, well, so um, a lot of fascinating stuff that y'all are doing now in the university, the event realm, and, and, and SB Plus does, you know, basically everything beyond, you know, private sector, municipalities, all that kind of stuff as well. Sure. But um, from, from your perspective and, and the time you've spent kind of doing what you're doing, you know, where, where do you see the, the, the university world hmm. going? What, what, what are going to be the big trends we need to be watching in the next, you know, five to ten years? Yeah. 
I, I think the, the trends, and, and we say a lot of it within the industry, it's just a, a movement you say you say away from cars, but I, I think it's there's a caveat there. I think cars are going to get more intelligent, but there's there's especially with the student population, and, and many of them will drive very very nice cars, but the vast majority are driving older vehicles, and and so we, I, I think it, we're we're looking at a 20 30 year horizon to see real tangible change. And as cars get more intelligent, we're, they're going to better utilize the spaces on campus. So the 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 overall uh, the supply may go up as demand stays pretty much the same right. or goes down a little yeah. bit. And, and I, I think it, it's something where we, we as an industry, I think, we're, we're waving the flag and, and, and really scared almost of, of autonomous vehicles and, and all this change that could be coming. I don't think that the horizon for change is as short as, as it's been preached. Um, and I think we, we as an industry are, are seeing the same thing, that... People love their cars. They they want to stay in them. Um, I, I think on a university campus, it's 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 pushing intelligent use of, of transportation to park once and and using shuttle systems as much as possible. And uh, it, the nice thing about a campus is that it's it's really a self-contained entity. Yeah. And and so it, it's just like a, a small municipality where you you can make real significant change and and. In, in not necessarily a short period of time, but but over a period of years that that totally changes the the experience that the customers, the students, the faculty and staff have. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. Uh, it's a it's a self-contained entity with one entity that controls everything. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's a great place to work. Yeah, and and I I would agree. I mean, um, the change that everybody is afraid of is is not the one we should be focused on right now. It's right. the continued migration to multiple modes of travel. And it's not, it's not abandonment of the personal vehicle. Right. It's the personal vehicle as one arrow in a quiver full of many arrows, right. including biking and walking and rideshare and, you know, scooters and whatever it may be. And so adapting, adapting our campuses so that primarily the student population can utilize all of those things. Mm. And hopefully we influence the faculty and staff to begin to influence those types of things as well. Um, so yeah, it, it's pretty interesting. Um, one of the other things I, I often wonder about from a university perspective is the concept of like going virtual with everything. Mm. Have y'all have y'all moved much into the world of virtual permitting and gateless and all that good stuff? Sure, yeah, and and I, I think uh, use of LPR and, and just video analytics is 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 really there. It's continuing to evolve, and and we're seeing a lot of situations where gateless makes all the sense in the world. But there's also plenty of instances where I'm not I'm not convinced that it's the right solution. Yeah. Um, sometimes you need to protect those areas, whether for safety or just, you know, there's such a high demand for, for use of space that people will break the law and, and, and park where they shouldn't, uh, regardless of, of uh, what, what uh, uh, what the results might be from that, for, you know, what ticket towing, you name it. Um, Sorry, I lost track of the that's my, my okay. train of thought. That's yeah. okay. I mean, I, I think I think where you're going, and I, I appreciate this, is it's not one size fits all. Right. Like we 100%. can't just apply one solution. Um, you know, Penn State is going to be completely different than Alabama. Is going to be completely different right. than the University of Alabama. Huntsville is going to be completely different than Texas. Right. And so it's it's all context sensitive, which you know, I, hopefully people are thinking that way. Like right. let's design and adapt our systems so that they're for the people that are being. Served by those systems. Hundred percent. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, 
again, I think I think we, we, we sometimes move too fast and think that we can just apply any type of thing, which is one of the things I like about the way you're working is you really get in with the universities that you're working with and learn what they're doing before you, you, you make them adapt to new ways. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, you need to lay out the path forward and, and communicate, communicate, communicate. It's all a personal experience. Yeah. Well, it, th- this has been fascinating. Um, you know, I, I'm always intrigued by the world of universities and, and how they're adapting. Uh, one last question for you, and, and this one's kind of, I've been thinking about this because we're starting to see, we're starting to see a place where enrollment at universities is starting to plateau. Or, or in some cases, mm. um, there are a number of smaller, you know, liberal arts colleges where enrollment's beginning to decline. Right. And then there's mega universities like, you know, A&M and ASU where they're continuing to see population growth. What what trends are you seeing in the world of university evolution? Yeah, no, I, and I think, uh, and, and to go back to the, the question before too, the, the virtual attendance, that is something that, that's a big fear on institutions. A lot of times that the upper administration is is not dismissive of it, but it, it relates to this question in that I think the top tier institutions have nothing to worry about yeah. for the foreseeable future. It's those smaller colleges that they're they're seeing continuation of, of a decline in enrollment, and there there needs to be some real uh, determination of where to go, and 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 parking is going to be affected just like everything else it's as attendance declines they need to get real with with what their budgets uh, need to be and i think there's a gravitation towards the larger schools just candidly speaking absolutely i mean there's 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 a certain movement among younger generations that you know higher education may not even be the solution for everybody like right. i mean when you and i went to school in the right. you know late 90s early 2000s that's and, your path and, and this is yeah, it you know yeah. everybody went to college that's what right. you're supposed to do and i don't know that that's where everybody's going nowadays and we have to start letting, you know, thinking about how universities adapt to that to that type of model. And, and a good friend of mine uh, worked in the financial industry, and we, we've had conversations about the same. And he always pointed the fact, just from a purely economic perspective, those those large schools, or not, not not the large schools, but many schools turn away a huge number of students yeah. every year. So it's still a seller's market. So yeah. it, you know, until that dynamic changes, I, I think that those institutions at least are, are going to be doing just fine. They're going to do just fine, and perhaps the smaller institutions need, need to rethink the model of cost of attendance and all those right. types of things. So right. incentivize the attendance of those those places. So, Well, again, this has been fascinating. That's I do awesome. appreciate, yeah. you, you appreciate you doing this with us, and uh, I always love geeking out about parking yeah. and uh, spending a time <laughs> with another Brett, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, thanks, and uh, you know, look forward to uh, working with you again in the future. Likewise. Thanks, thanks Brett. Man. Thank you for listening to the Parker X podcast. We sincerely appreciate it and hope you are enjoying our content. Please remember to rate, review, comment, subscribe, and share. And follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The following has been a production of Parker X.